They are ambitious. They are supporters. They are hustlers. They champion other women. They are boss babes. The Ottawa Valley is full of boss babes, and I'm here to tell you who they are. Hey, it's Holly from OB Boss Babes Podcast, and I am pleased to present the Ottawa Valley Women's Collective, where each week I feature two powerful women from our community to talk about how they are making a difference through community building, women empowerment, business awareness, and volunteerism. Follow along on social media at OB Boss Babes Podcast and see how these female leaders are choosing to challenge. Sponsored in part by OB Boss Babes Podcast, Your TV, the Ottawa Valley Tourist Association, Enterprise Renfrew County, and MyFM. Only 22 years old, this entrepreneur in the making always knew she wanted to be her own boss and created a badass workspace for her clients and staff to enjoy. Fresh out of hair school and immediately starting her apprenticeship, she worked at several salons getting a good taste of the industry. But if you're not taking risks or getting out of your comfort zone, you're never going to grow, she told herself and decided to go all in and opened her doors in downtown Pembroke. This babe and her talented team will fix your quarantine roots, leaving you with luxurious hair and a fun experience. Please welcome my guest, Peyton Forward, owner and operator and hairstylist of Valley Roots Hair Studio. Peyton, how are you doing today and how are you holding up with everything? I'm good, Holly. How are you? I'm doing good, but you're at the studio today and I know that it looks a little bit differently than what it usually looks like whenever uh, whenever you're there. Yeah, it's definitely pretty empty and pretty quiet. Um, Pretty echoey in here today. Not very many bodies obviously, other than just myself. But usually you hear, you either hear my voice when I'm there, which I feel like I just take <laughs> over the studio every time I've had Valley Roots and all oh, the poor, your poor girls and the clients are probably just like, holy pipe it down over there. Oh, we love it. Well, I love you guys. And I'm just so happy to have you on the podcast and, and feature your story. And Let's just get right into it, Peyton. So tell me, whereabouts are you originally from and what made you decide to move to the Valley? So I am originally from Mattawa, which is about 40 minutes um, before you hit North Bay. Um, Super tiny little town, uh, maybe 2,000 people at the most. Um, I moved to the Valley to be with my spouse, who is currently serving. Um, I moved here about four years ago, so still pretty new, I guess, but yeah, I love it. So then I just want to bring to everybody's attention for those who might be like me and thought that you were my age, which is in your thirties, but you're actually only, I don't want to say only 24, but you're only 24. It's pretty crazy. Actually. Um, I get that quite often. Um, a lot of people, um, especially my clients know that I do have a little boy who's eight. Um, well, he's going to be eight in February. Um, and yes, I am 24. (laughs) So if you do the math, um, I did have Jackson very very young. Um, I was 15. So 15. Yeah. 15, 16. Yeah. Anyways, I was super freaking young. It was insane. Um, it was definitely an experience. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, I'm honestly like so speechless. Um, I even to this day, I'm like, am I even old enough to have an eight year old? Not really, but I guess. (laughs) So can you kind of talk about your experience a little bit, Peyton, you know, just like, just 
you know, kind of go through the stages of like, you know, when did you find out that like, obviously you said 15, 16, when you found out you were pregnant, but like, what were the initial thoughts? Did you finish up high school? Like, like what, how did that experience go for you? So, um, I was in a committed relationship with Jackson's dad uh, for like a number of years. Um, so I wasn't necessarily a single mom, right. When I did have him at first, um, it was definitely a shock when I found out I was pregnant. Um, the doctor that told me, I actually like laughed in his face because I thought he was joking. Uh, turns out he definitely was not. Um, it's honestly like I took a good two and a half years off of school to be a stay at home mom with Jax um, because his dad did work away from home. He was gone for a month and home for a month. Uh, so it was pretty hard to juggle being a new mom, you know, postpartum, uh, teenage hormones, all of that crazy stuff. So I did have the um, flexibility to be a stay at home mom for quite a, quite a few years. Um, after that, though, um, I did go back to high school, kind of. Um, I knew that I wanted to do hairstyling, but I didn't want to just like challenge my GED. I wanted like an actual high school diploma. Um, so I actually enrolled for online schooling so that I could still be at home with Jackson, um, but get my grade 12 at the same time. And it turns out that I'm actually really not a good student when it comes to online school. <laughs> I put it off for so long. Um, I started in September and I was supposed to be done my last uh, semester at the beginning of January, right before you would go into your um, exams, I guess, for your second semester. And I was about a week and a half away from the first semester that I was supposed to be doing since September. It was coming due and I hadn't done a single assignment, not one. So I actually got into huge panic mode because I was supposed to start college in April and I couldn't do that without my diploma. So I actually worked from probably about seven, eight o'clock in the morning every single day for about a week till like two or three o'clock in the morning. Um, I was super fortunate. My grandparents um, actually lived very close to me. So they were a huge help in watching Jackson for that week, week and a half. Um, while I essentially did an entire semester of high school in a matter of like six, seven days. I honestly don't understand how on earth you did that. Like, I mean, especially a being so young, like so, so young, having a child and then trying to also have a social life, you know, live, live your life as a teen and then a, a young adult, and then also finding time to go to school. And then especially, you know, that you wanted to pursue your passion to, to move on eventually then to hair school too. I, I like, how did you navigate all of that? Um, it was definitely not easy. Um, it's definitely taught me quite a bit of patience because anybody who knows me as a teenager knows that patience was not my strongest virtue. Um, I'm super fortunate for my grandparents. They have been an incredible um, support system for me pretty much my entire life, but even more so into like young adulthood and opening a business and all of that fun stuff. Um, my grandmother specifically, uh, when I started hair school, I was traveling two hours a day, um, to and from plus doing my full eight hour day. Um, so I was gone for 10, 
plus hours um, and traveling and terrible winter weather and all that fun stuff. Um, and she's actually self-employed as well. So she has quite a bit of flexibility and freedom. Um, yeah, that's like, honestly, mostly my grandmother, like it probably wouldn't have been possible if she hadn't have helped me. Um, cause it didn't even feel possible half the time with help. So that's amazing. And I think that that's why too, that I, I was so shocked when I found out that you were 24. I, I want to stop myself by saying only 24, but when I, when I did find out that you were 24, because you're so professional and you're so mature and you carry yourself off so well. And I find that, you know, a lot of young moms kind of have to grow up really fast too. And, and that probably, you know, just made you all the more stronger, wiser. And like I said, you know, more professional and, and the fact that, you know, you were able to launch your, your career and, and go into business by yourself at only 22 years old, like, you know, that that's, that's just unheard of. Like that's wild. It was definitely crazy. Um, like being a teen mom, it was obviously stressful and very hard, but having six younger brothers that are like, not just like a year or two younger, but like very much younger than I am. Um, I wasn't totally blindsided. So I think that that was a huge factor in kind of knowing what I was getting myself into, I guess. All right. So Peyton, let's get into Valley Roots. Um, when did you originally decide that, you know, you wanted to open up your own hair studio and, uh, you know, and decide, you know, to actually buy a business um, instead of, you know, perhaps offering clients just to come to your home and do their hair that way? So I always kind of knew that I wanted uh, to own a business eventually. Um, I didn't really set myself a specific goal or timeline to open a business. Um, I was very young, am very young. Um, so I didn't really have a specific time in mind. Um, but I knew that I didn't necessarily want to work for anybody else um, just because like my spouse is military. Uh, we are a blended family. We do, we're all over the place. We tr tend to travel quite a bit for our children um, and to see our family. So when you work for somebody else, um, other employers don't typically always have that flexibility to give you that time off or, you know, they can't, um, which is totally understandable. You know, like you're not making any money and you're not growing your business or your clientele if you're not in the shop working, which makes total sense. Um, but truly when I opened Valley Roots, it was, um, I just saw a post for a space in the Muse that was for lease. Um, and I saw the space uh, posted on, I think Pembroke 24 seven and I tagged him in it. And Michelle actually from Sleepwell um, had, private messaged me asking me if I was a hairstylist and I said yes not knowing who she was or what she wanted and she told me like it would be a phenomenal spot to start a business and potentially grow from there so honestly the next day we decided to go and take a look at it and it was super small and very dark um but we decided to take Elise and just kind of look it over and figure out what was possible and what wasn't. And uh, my spouse was actually the one that just kind of said, you know, like, 
maybe now is the time to just bite the bullet. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't. And then you just decided you put in the offer or, or you signed the lease yeah, and said, we, yeah, let's do we it. basically sat down and just went over the lease because, you know, legal jargon is sometimes super scary, especially when you don't really know what you're committing to and what you're signing. And with my spouse being military, um, the possibilities of postings and all that fun stuff. So we sat down, we discussed, we negotiated all of those fun things that come with business. And uh, we decided to just kind of bite the bullet. And we went from signing a lease to completely renovating and opening in less than 30 days. Um, well, that's crazy, Peyton, because when I think back, you know, if I was 22 years old, I'm like, okay, where was I in life? I was working at my first, maybe second job. And I was only worrying about signing a rental, a rental lease, you know, with like my boyfriend at the time, like I would not have any idea what to look for or how to negotiate, um, price points and stuff like that. And to think like 22 years old here, you were signing a business, like your business lease agreement. Like that's incredible. Thank you. So let's talk about the name. How on earth did you come up with the name Valley Roots? Okay, so this was a hard one. Um, I sat and thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. And it felt like I thought about it for months on end. Um, but truly I didn't because I was open in less than 30 days. Um, truthfully, Rick is the one who actually came up with the name. Um, and it came from obviously the location. We are in the Ottawa Valley. And, um, you know, you do get, most people do have roots because, you know, you <laughs> color in your hair. Um, and I think too, honestly, just like roots is in the meaning of us, like planting our roots and kind of growing from here. So it was, it definitely had more than one meaning. Um, truly not something I would have ever thought of, but it had a good little ring to it and I decided to go with it and it's been great. So. Well, I love it. And roots is something that we all currently have right now going on due to the oh, lockdown. Like two inches. People ask me all the time, do you color your own hair? I'm like, man, if only I had the patience. I remember during the first lockdown, I was thinking, oh my gosh, hair, hairstylists are so lucky right now because they can do their own hair. But tricks on us. You guys aren't all the ones just doing your own hair right now. No, I will be the last to get my hair done even when lockdown is lifted. That's typically the way that it goes. Even last lockdown, my roots were awful, but I mean, it is what it is. Well, you can, you can officially tell your clients that you're <laughs> suffering along with the rest of us. Exactly. So there's also a Valley Roots store in Armprior, which is a butcher shop. So who came first, Valley Roots or Valley Roots? Hey, honestly, I don't even know. I want to say probably them. Um, I didn't even know that they existed for the longest time. We actually had a couple people call us um, asking about like butchering services. And I was <laughs> truly like, not to be like offensive, but I was like mortified. I was like, I'm really sorry, but I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I have no idea. And then this one man was like, well, aren't you the butcher shop in our prior? And I'm like, I'm really sorry, sir. But like, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> that is. That's so funny. Do you still get calls now? No, no, we don't. 
Well, location is also key, um, as we all know. And I always have thought like downtown Pembroke, downtown Renford, like those are the places that people want to be. Um, but did you ever worry about Valley Roots not being on Main Street when you first decided to open your studio uh, in the Muse? Um, not really, honestly. Uh, the Muse, when I first came, had quite a few really good businesses already. Um, Sleepwell's main office for Pembroke is right across from the shop. Uh, we had Anna's lingerie and swimwear that was already in here as well. Um, I was already pretty good friends with Stacy, who owns Sugar Society, who was also in here. And um, Oh my gosh, uh, Pole Fitness, which is now uh, Rise Above Studios was in here. And so was Scott Shoes. Um, they're all businesses that have been very successful um, and continue to be, which is great. Um, so there was honestly quite a bit of foot traffic. And with Prairie and Luna, it's actually grown even more. Um, and we do have like some fairly large signage out front. Um, and we really haven't had very many people wonder where we are. So truthfully, I don't think it's been a huge problem. Um, so I don't, I can't really complain, honestly. Yeah, no, all of you guys with businesses inside the Muse have done a, a phenomenal job promoting yourselves. And again, like you said, the signages, the signages, the signage is all out on the street, like right on the building. And then there's also the, um, the, what are they called? They're like, I don't know. Anyways, it doesn't matter. I know. Yeah, 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 I don't know what they're called. But anyways, like the signs are out there. So everybody knows where everything is. And the nice thing too, is that you guys are all offering services where people have to actually come inside. So like you mentioned, Sugar Society, Prairie Luna, Scott Shoes, you actually have to come inside the building um, to, to obtain services. It's not like you're just window shopping kind of thing. And so, and that's the nice thing when you walk in and, and you're able to see all these different businesses that are offering services and you're like, oh, Valley Roots is here. Oh, um, Scott Shoes is here. You know, it's like a one-stop shop in itself, which is, which is great. It totally is. And I think that that really helps all of the businesses in here. Um, yeah, it's, it's not uh, like, don't get me wrong. I think that a storefront would be absolutely phenomenal. You know, I always crave some natural light. Um, but truthfully, like, it's not just people walking by and looking in and being like, oh, you know, there's another hair salon. So exactly. And speaking of another hair salon, Obviously, this is no surprise to anybody, but there are so many um, hair studios like throughout the Ottawa Valley and downtown Pembroke, there's three alone. So what do you think is one of the most important things for a hair studio to stand out, especially like I mentioned in a small community like ours? Honestly, I think everybody kind of has their own style. Um, this one's a hard one. Like everybody wants to be unique in their own way. Um, I mean, like, I feel like with hair, not to say that you're limited, um, but hair services are all fairly the same. So I think that your best way to stand out is typically your social media. Um, I think it's super important for people to be comfortable to walk into your shop, have an extremely um, welcoming vibe to the shop as a whole. Um, yeah, like truly, it, it that's a hard one. It's it's really all over the place. I feel like everybody kind of has their own thing that makes them unique. Um, it's yeah, it's 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 hard. 
it's like there's there's so much I don't I don't even want to say competition because I'm like huge into community over competition like 100% of the time um and I support everybody I mean I feel like there's enough to go around um but yeah, like, I feel like everybody's got their own thing. Everybody meshes with a certain kind of person, personalities. Um, I think it's just really up to our guests to kind of figure out what they consider unique within a business. Mm -hmm. I personally feel myself when I come to Valley Roots, I love that I am not only interacting with my favorite hairstylist, Alina, but not to like, just have to slip <laughs> that little plug in there. But I also love that I get to chat with you. Like I get to know you too, Peyton. I get to know the owner and the babe behind the brand, as I like to say, and you come over and chat with me and you've like, you had no hesitation coming over and introducing yourself. And you and I shoot the shit all the time when we're there. And when the owner approaches you and has the one-on-one -on -one conversation and introduces himself and is there, like is actually working behind the chair, not behind a desk, not in their office and peeks out every now and again to make sure that people are, are doing their jobs, so to speak. Like you're actually involved and you're doing the same thing like everybody else is. Yeah, a truly, um, that's, that's a big one. Um, I do like to know each and every person. Obviously, it's not always possible for me to um, head over to every other guest in the shop at like any given time, um, because I am still providing services as well. Um, but it's very nice to get to know the people that are supporting your business and supporting your staff. Um, and just kind of building relationships with all kinds of people. Um, it's honestly pretty crazy the amount of different personalities you can see in a day and the different things that you can learn about somebody in like a fairly short time. Yeah. And so that actually brings me to my next question. How do you juggle running a business while also working behind the chair? Okay, so this is a hard one. Um, this is one that I've really struggled with. Um, and, you know, like before I got into business, it's, I feel like before you open a business, you don't really know what you're getting yourself into until you're like right in the middle of it. And if you're not panicking at some point, are you doing it properly? <laughs> um, for me, a big one was um, hiring uh, Ashley to do a lot of the organizing. Um, we have tons of brides. We have payroll that needs to be done. We have inventory that needs to be done. We have tons of cleaning, um, all kinds of things that, you know, when you're providing services to your clients and they're paying for your time and your knowledge, it's not always possible to just step away. And I feel like it's not fair to um, the clients that are there for you specifically either. Um, Ashley's been an incredible help. She literally keeps my entire life together at the shop. She does absolutely everything and anything that I could possibly imagine. She goes above and beyond. Um, truly, now that she's here, I don't know if I could ever run my business and do clients at the same time ever again. I don't know how I did it in the first place. Did you originally open Valley Roots just by yourself, like as a standalone business owner and hairstylist? Yes. So for the first 
month and a half or so I was by myself. Um, it was nice. However, talking to yourself when you're not with your clients gets a little weird after a while. Um, so I did eventually add some stuff. Um, I think it's a little bit of a scary step regardless of where you are um, in business. But I got to a point where I literally could not accommodate anybody for any service whatsoever, whether it be a three hour balayage or a 10, 15 minute bang trim. Um, it was literally impossible. I was at work 24 hours a day. It was insane. Um, so I really had to bite the bullet and hire some staff. Yeah. You have to realize at that point that as much as you want to run the show and be a one man team, you do need the help and you need to have a life too. And so that brings me again to my next question. How on earth do you navigate the work-life balance? I feel like that one is something I'm still kind of trying to figure out. Um, I feel like I go in spurts of, okay, you know, I can balance work and I can balance home and I can find this happy medium. I can, be a wife who's there and I can be a mom who's there and I can be an employer who's there. And then I typically, I'm not going to lie. I'm very guilty of stepping back from home and being a workaholic. Um, and quite often Rick has to kind of pull me back and say, you know, like you opened a business to have a little bit of freedom and to be able to take a step back if you need to. And right now you're being a workaholic. So we need to tone it back a little bit, come home, rest, recharge, and then go back again and just kind of slowly find that happy medium again. And truthfully, I don't necessarily think that I've found a balance. I'm kind of just back and forth. I don't think anybody who's a business owner um, or a co-founder or full entrepreneur, you know, in a home-based business, I don't think anybody really knows that balance and when to take a step back. I know for myself, um, I consider my podcast a business and I'm constantly running and going all the time. And um, whether it be first thing in the morning, I started waking up, I'm trying to wake up before my daughter. Unfortunately, she's an early riser and she's up at like 6.30, six in the morning. And so usually that's my time to like start preparing my social media posts and, and answer emails. And then I'm up until late at night too. And I know my husband is just like, Holly, can we please just sit on the couch and watch a damn movie for once? Can you just get off your phone? And I'm not like, I don't have payroll. I don't have employees. I'm not worrying about filling shoes, you know, for a staff that just up and left. Like I don't have all those extra problems. I, I'm just a one woman team. So I can't imagine when you have all these other things on top of a location and a space that you're looking after on top of that. Um, yeah. So typically I'll, uh, I usually work an eight, nine hour shift. Uh, I try to keep it pretty average uh, for your normal work day, just because I feel like I need to go home and still be a mom and still have the, the patience and the energy. Um, but a lot of the times I get like, why are you on your phone? What are you doing? Do you seriously work from your phone that much? People don't realize um, how much work goes on behind the scenes of owning a business. It's not a nine to five. Um, it's, it's truly 
like I will do an eight hour day and then I will go home and I will answer, answer emails from brides or other vendors or, you know, um, another business that is looking for information on behalf of somebody else, potentially, um, you know, researching product and, you know, what I can bring in and what I can't. And because we are, um, like we are fairly busy downtown and we do have a lot of small businesses. It's actually pretty hard to find a lot of vendors that aren't overlapping with your other local businesses. So when I say that I'm researching for uh, maybe some new product to bring in, it's not like, oh, you know, this will take me like three or four hours. It usually takes me several days mm -hmm. to find something that's one worth bringing in. Um, something that I think would be a, like a good, a good option for our clients. And typically I try to keep it um, Canadian. Ontario is a bonus. Um and just like something that's like we try to go with vegan cruelty free um gluten free stuff like that um but not all of those products are always great so it's really looking at tons of feedback to find what is the best option and fit and i'm, I'm also curious too what do you find is one of the hardest things about being a business owner um not only like I had mentioned about like juggling the work-life balance and stuff, but you also have your stylists, which are, you know, could be necessarily like your friends and, you know, you're also their boss. So it's like, where do you find that line and stuff? But, but what do you find is the most challenging thing? Honestly, being a business owner, I truly do find it's the hardest thing I find would be the balance. Um, but truthfully, I, really haven't had any issues with any of my staff um they are seriously phenomenal um we get along great we hang out outside work we get along great at work like i they're just phenomenal that's awesome that's so nice to hear all right, Peyton. So like I mentioned earlier, you guys just celebrated your two-year anniversary this year which uh was back in January um Obviously, you weren't able to celebrate the probably the way that you had um, had hoped to. But what did you originally have planned for your two year anniversary? So our first year, we did uh, swag bags and we had platters out and little treats and all that fun stuff. Um, this year, we were going to do swag bags again, full of product and all kinds of fun stuff. A um, couple other things. Um, that I was going to collect from some other uh, local businesses. Um, however, we did put a stop to that just because of lockdown, we knew that we weren't going to be able to. Um, we were gonna do, uh, there was a lady that is not from this area, but does make um, some really cute little treats. Uh, and she actually made one for one of my staff members. Um, with our logo on it. So I was going to have those made up um, and just like package them all individually for everybody. Um, but again, we weren't here. So there was really no point. Um, I don't know if we'll maybe do something when we are allowed to open back up or if we'll just make our third year insanely massive. Yeah, that's what you're going to have to do. I mean, it just 
COVID blows this year. Like it just, it's ruining everything. It's ruining weddings. It's ruining babies, pregnancies. It's ruining birthdays, like so many different kinds of events. And of course, like again, your anniversary too. I mean, come on, Doug Ford, let's open things up already. I know. But let's talk about the pandemic though, Peyton. Like what changes did you originally have to make to the salon due to the first lockdown? So we, when we first kind of started hearing about COVID, um, Rick and I were actually sitting at the Nook and we had just heard that we were going to be locked down. Um, and we had been potentially talking about some renos um, later in the summer. So that probably would have been like July, August, 2020. Um, but we were sitting at the Nook one day and we just... Um, we were having dinner and I said, you know, like if we're going to be locked down, what if we just bite the bullet and totally redo the entire salon? Like, I mean, rip out the walls, rip out literally everything and just get it done because we originally figured, you know, oh, maybe media is blowing this up a little bit because we all know that they do that sometimes. Um, We'll probably be closed for two weeks and it'll be the perfect time we'll just be in there every single day all day long we'll get it done and then in two weeks when we're allowed to open we will have an insane amount of space um so we actually contacted our landlord and decided that we were just going to pull the trigger and we were going to renovate in march um just because march is not necessarily slow but it's not July or August either. July and August are usually pretty hectic and we don't typically have that time. So we figured we'd take advantage of being shut down and fairly like slower um, in general at that time of year. So we actually um, took over half of what used to be a pole fitness slash rise above studios and Prairie and Luna has the other half. So we knocked down our wall where our stations used to be and basically doubled in our square footage, um, which allowed us to put six chairs in the shop instead of three. Um, so right now we have each stylist um sitting at each end of the chairs um so we are actually each client and stylist uh i think on the one wall is like eight feet apart and on the others like 11 so it's incredibly covid friendly thank the lord because that would have been super stressful um if we hadn't have renovated we would have only been able to work two at a time which definitely given the circumstances would not have been beneficial to either my staff or myself. Um, so I'm definitely not regretting the renovation at all. Thankfully, we can all work at the same time. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. We'll be right back after we hear from our sponsors.
Every Wednesday in March from 7 to 8 p.m., join the City of Pembroke, Town of Petawawa, and Township of Laurentian Valley virtually for service concierge workshops on small business finance. Topics include applying to grants, common financial mistakes, and a Q&A with chartered accountants. Registration is just $10 and includes information, swag from the municipalities, and a special treat from Valley Eats delivered to your door the day of the event. So grab your treat and your notepad and join us virtually on Wednesday evenings in March. To register and for full details, visit pembroke.ca backslash economic development backslash service concierge. We look forward to learning with you soon. Amanda Talker Media is the Ottawa Valley's most trusted branding expert, as she focuses on brand identity, photography, and social media. Amanda was born and raised in the Valley, and this fuels her passion for local businesses, as she assists with brand development, photography, digital design, social media management, and mentoring. Let her help you to grow and bring awareness to your business by attracting, targeting, and expanding your audience. Check her out at Amanda Talker Media on both Facebook and Instagram and see how she can bring innovative branding and marketing strategies to your business. Hey, it's Amber from Sweeney Curations in Renfrew and you're listening to the OV Boss Babes podcast with your host, Holly Molinar. Did you have a website prior to the pandemic as well? And, uh, and what items are available for purchase right now? So we didn't have a website. Um, it was something that I knew I probably should have gotten on board with a little bit earlier, but we were just so busy, um, that I definitely didn't prioritize it. Um, I think I opened and started the online website at the end of March 2020 um, when I realized like okay this isn't going to be two weeks you know like we got a hustle um, so I opened and started designing the website in March and we just kind of slowly grew it um, I did it took a lot of time I'm not gonna lie um web design is totally not my jam um it was much more complicated than i had originally anticipated and i'm pretty sure i wanted to throw my laptop more than once um for sure and uh yeah so right now we have um all of our maria nella online we have um all of our amica and we actually just added um, 11 Australia, which is the sister company to Kevin Mikey. Um, so that's all available for purchase online. And we also have um, all of our hot tools. So right now we have a couple of Amiga hot tools. We have some blow dryers, we have curling irons, we have a flat iron. How has our community supported Valley Roots during the first and now the second lockdown? Truthfully, everybody has been phenomenal. Um, I am super lucky and thankful to say that we do have an incredible amount of very loyal clients. Um, like 
We get messages all the time. We get lots of online orders. Uh, we have tons of clients who say, hey, are you here for curbside? Like, are you doing curbside pickup today? Can I bring you a coffee? Um, oh, we so have nice. lots of clients who like even not locked down. We have lots of clients that like to bring us little gifts and coffee and treats and all that fun stuff. Like lockdown or not, like our community and our clients have been phenomenal. Like it wouldn't be possible without them. So we are very fortunate. I love hearing that. That's so nice. And I'm glad that you guys are all doing okay. And especially you, Peyton, I know like you're, you're the one that's kind of managing all of this. Um, while I'm assuming your stylists are your stylists are all off at home, just kind of taking care of their households right now. Cause you know, what can they, what can they all do? So this is really all falling on your shoulders. Yeah, for sure. I know that the girls we talked to, I talked to the girls almost daily. Um, just check in, make sure that everybody's okay. Um, we have one stylist with a husband who's deployed right now. We have another who is at home with three kids by herself a lot of the time because her husband is gone for work as well. And then um, one of our newest stylists um, actually just moved here in August uh, and is away from her family for the first time. So I do my best to check in as much as possible and just make sure that everybody's still okay and nobody needs anything. Um, yeah, like just trying to make sure that the girls are taken care of and everybody's happy and healthy. And I mean, doing as much as I possibly can. I know everybody is antsy to get their hair done just as much as every all the girls are just as antsy to get back behind the chair as well for sure so let's shift gears and talk a little bit more about the hairstyling aspect because I have some some questions that you know maybe some people might be interested in so uh one of them being can you explain the term of renting a chair and and the difference between uh renting a chair and an employee that's hired and making commission so renting a chair um is essentially running your own business within a business. So typically you would sign um, a lease um, or like a rental agreement of some sort um, and you would just pay like your monthly fee. So it would essentially be like a stylist paying rent to me the same way that I pay my rent to sleep well property management. Um, so they would class as self-employed. Um, they do take on the responsibility of all of their own product. Um, they could do um, like their own retail product as well. Um, whereas commission is, so legally what happens is when you are an employer and you're offering commission, you are legally obligated and required to pay the higher of the two. So you would give your staff a, um, like what their hourly wage would be. And then you would give them their commission percentage is the way that I do it. Um, whichever is the higher of the two. So technically, like let's say somebody was making $16 an hour or, 50% commission. Um, let's say they weren't super busy in that two week pay period, then they may potentially make more money with their hourly wage. If they were super, super slammed and they have a huge clientele and they made over and above what they would have made hourly, then their commission is paid out to them. And do you provide products and tools for your, for your girls or do they have to bring their own? So it is 
stand pretty standard um, that everybody uh, is required to have their own scissors, their own combs, uh, hot tools, all of those um, those tools that require them to work. Um, the only thing I typically supply would be uh, color, shampoo, conditioner, towels, capes, um, and obviously a place for them to work. Um, but it's pretty standard across the board that everybody purchases their own personal tools. And whose responsibility is it to create growth and awareness to attract new customers to your salon? Um, like, should they be, should be, should they be promoting themselves? Should they be always posting pictures of their clients and their hairdos? Like, and if, and if they were to leave, like there goes their client. So who's, whose responsibility would that, would that fall on? Do you think? So I feel like it's a shared responsibility. Um, for me, I honestly take it as like, my business is my baby, but my girls are my babies. Mm -hmm. So I personally really like to promote my staff um, as much as it would really suck if one of them did leave um, and brought their clients it's part of being in the industry. It's part of being an employer, um, especially in a hair salon. A lot of stylists are known kind of to be floaters. They like to kind of change it up, um, which is totally fine. I mean, I'm not innocent. I've done the same. Um, but the girls are very good at um, promoting themselves. They post their work all the time. Um, I post as much as I possibly can. However, I usually share their work to my stories um, just because I find it a lot easier. Uh, if I were to make individual posts all the time, I would literally be on my phone even more if that's even possible at this point. Um, but yeah, I, do, I truly do think that it is a shared responsibility. Um, we also do use Brands in Bloom for our uh, social media um, and she is absolutely phenomenal. Um, Caitlin is incredibly patient. Um, she's very good at reading my mind because I am a very indecisive person um, when it comes to how I wanna represent and what I want to represent at the time. Um, I feel like I sometimes don't even really know how to voice what I want and she just like makes it happen. So I really can't complain. She's phenomenal. And you're talking about Caitlin Ritchie from uh, Brands in Bloom and you're right. She does an incredible job. And I also love to Peyton that you showcased your girls back in, was it November or early December? And you had all of you ladies, you know, walking the streets of downtown Pembroke and, and then individualized profile pictures, so to speak, and, and just highlighting each of them, you know, and, and featuring them, you know, each day to say, these are my girls. These are the ladies behind the chair. This is what they, this is who they are outside of the studio, you know? And I thought that was incredible that, you know, you, you bring that awareness to them and, and celebrate them as, as women as whole, not just as, as, as hairstylists. For sure. I definitely think that it's important for people to realize that we are human. Um, we do have lives outside of work, um, which I know for some people is probably hard to believe because we spend almost every waking minute in the shop. I think that it's important for people to know who they want to see and why as well. And do you personally think that you might ever take a step back from hairstyling and just focus directly on managing the business itself? 
So that's something I have thought about. Um, it's definitely a hard one for me because I do love my job. Um, I think maybe I will eventually, but I'm just not quite there yet mentally, I think. Um, I like to be here. I like to see my clients. Um, I have an insane amount of very loyal clients who have followed me from Petawawa to here over the last four years. Um, and I don't really want to let them go. <laughs> um, got a little bit of an attachment there. Um, and yeah, like I, I did um, have to kind of start to pass off a couple of people here and there and nobody in specific, like specific, um, but just because I couldn't do everything, um, which was super hard. Uh, I have taken a, a tiny bit of a step back. I don't work Fridays anymore, um, which is kind of weird. But I mean, it's okay, I guess. Yeah, you're the uh, boss. Make that decision. <laughs> I know. And you know, the girls say that all the time too. They go, you're the boss. You can do whatever you want. And I'm like, no, not really. Like, it doesn't really work that way. You know, like mm -hmm. I don't, like, I like coming to work and everybody having that mutual respect. Like, okay, you know, like it's Peyton's place, but like, I feel like, the same respect that they have for me, I need to have for them. And I don't feel like any of my staff should ever feel like they come in just to bring money in and then leave at the end of the day. Right. So if I'm not in making money and seeing my own clients and working a normal day, why should they have to? I feel like it needs to be fair. I have been in many positions where it's been the complete opposite and I know exactly how it feels and it's awful. Um, so I'm trying to do the complete opposite of positions that I've been put in and um, give the girls somewhere really good to work and also give my clients a consistent stylist who's not just going to decide to do hair here and there when it suits my needs or my timeline. Right. And even though you're saying that you're off on Fridays too, Peyton, it's not like, you know, you're not working behind the scenes and posting on social media or putting in an order or paying your girls or whatever the case may be, you know, like you're yeah. still practically working. Yeah. And honestly, a lot of the times on Friday, like, I'll still pop in and say, hey, make sure everybody's okay. Make sure nobody needs lunch or, you know, needs help or whatever the case may be. Um, I typically don't stick around for too long because, you know, I have like 8 billion other things to do as well. But uh, just checking in and making sure that everybody's okay. And yeah. And I can vouch for that too, because my last appointment was on a Friday, Peyton, and you were there. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty guilty. I have a hard time stepping back and like, it's not, I'm not really a control freak. Like I'm a pretty laid back person um, because I have like full confidence in all of my staff. And um, Ashley is in here nine to five on Fridays um, with the other girls. And like I said, she totally keeps my life all together. So, I mean, I don't really have to stress about stuff at work um, when I'm not here, which is incredibly amazing. Um, but yeah, just, I like to stop in and say, hey, make sure the girls are good. 
And one other thing too that I want to bring awareness to Peyton is that Valley Roots is involved in several fundraising initiatives such as offering free military haircuts at Remembrance Day and, and you've also uh, donated to the Heart and Stroke Foundation as well as the Canadian Cancer Society. Um, so I'm curious, why, why do you think it's important to bring awareness to these local nonprofit uh, organizations and raise funds towards them? Um, I think that a lot of people don't necessarily realize how hard it is to keep these foundations open and active. Um, it's one of those things like it, people go, you know, I don't really want to donate because, you know, what if I don't donate enough or like it's just little things like that, like second guessing yourself. Um, I'm personally very close to all of those um, associations, I guess you could say. Um, Heart and Stroke, uh, Canadian Cancer Society, and um, like the local legion or wounded warriors or whatever the case is. Um, I do have personal ties to all of those as well. And they are all very good places if you want to make a donation. This is why it's so important to recognize and support local businesses. For sure, absolutely. So Peyton, let's wrap this up. Tell us all, what is one of the biggest takeaways that you yourself have learned from being a business owner? You can't do it all and you can't please everyone. There's always going to be somebody who's probably not thrilled with your decisions um, or doesn't agree. However, um, if you want to be successful, you also need to keep in mind that you have a business to run. Um, not everybody else is in your position and not everybody has the same decisions to make that you do. Um, and yeah, like as you just have to do the best that you can. Well said. All right, girl, pressure is off. Let's dip into my rapid 10 now. What is your COVID hairstyle right now? Right now you're rocking like gorgeous blonde straight locks, but you're at home. You're not going anywhere. What's the go-to style? Okay. I'm going to be real right now. Um, I brush my hair once every like three or four days. Um, the only reason my hair is done today is because I am out in public. Usually <laughs> it is in a top knot, not brushed, and I have no makeup on and I look disgusting. It's totally fine. I'm okay with it because like I'm engaged, so he's pretty much stuck with me at this point. <laughs> <laughs> We're all in the same boat anyways. Did you ever use sun in on your hair? Um, no. Um, I've, you know what? I've actually had quite a few people mention sun in to me, but I don't even remember it. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're too young. <laughs> Blow dry or air dry? It really depends on the day. Um, it depends on where my mental health is and who I am as a person that day. <laughs> What's one hair product that you absolutely cannot live without? Um, that would be the Amica Texture Spray. Scrunchies are huge right now. So let's give the scrunchie line that you feature in your studio a shout out. So I'm currently carrying Barbets. Um, they're phenomenal. They are a fairly large hit. Why shouldn't people be cutting their hair right now? It's never a good idea. Do not give yourself bangs. I will give you trouble every single time. And I promise it will give you anxiety every single day of the week. <laughs> Did you ever <laughs> use an actual iron on your hair growing up? 
See, I'm really fortunate. My hair is like dead straight to begin with. So, I mean, a two second flat iron and I am like good to go. <laughs> Do hair volume shampoos actually help give your hair volume? Um, not all of them. Uh, I feel like it's one of those things, everybody is different. Um, so what might work for one person may not work for the next. Um, and it also depends on what you're using because a lot of them, especially if they're not professional, just create a ton of buildup and it actually does the complete opposite. And truth or myth, does getting regular trims every six weeks actually help your hair grow longer? Absolutely. Um, only because for some reason, a lot of people tend to think that your hair grows from your ends. I don't know why. Um, that's 110% not a real thing ever. Um, but what it does is it actually just cleans up your ends and keeps them healthy so that in, when your hair is growing from your root, it's not breaking off at your ends. And tell me, Peyton, what's one local business that you think everybody should know about and be supporting right now? So I know that they are not new and everybody knows them very well, um, but truthfully, and I will probably say this every time you ask me, um, <laughs> definitely Sugar Society. Um, they have an incredible amount of products and sugar kits going out and all kinds of stuff. They are a huge support of the community. Um, Stacy sits on the board. Uh, she is truly phenomenal and I promise you she will support you every single day of the week that's awesome yes shout out to sugar society those babes are amazing love them so much and we miss them just as much as we miss you girls I am ready to rock I am mentally prepared for the chaos and I am incredibly excited for it like I am ready to go back to work I'm like should I just like color my hair black just for something to do? <laughs> like, <laughs> I am bored. I need to go back to work. I want to see my staff. I want to see my clients. I'm done sitting at home. I'm not meant to stay at home. Well, let's tell everybody where they can find Valley Roots, your website, social media handles, and how people can support you guys right now. So we are located inside of the Muse, um, which is downtown Pembroke. Uh, the address is 143 Pembroke Street West, and we are beside Prairie and Luna and across the hall from Sugar Society. Um, you can find us online at uh, valleyrootshairsalon.ca or on Facebook as Valley Roots Hair Salon or on Instagram as Valley Roots Hair. Fantastic. And guys, remember, I mean, I love Peyton's idea about the curbside pickups. If you guys, you know, if, if these ladies, uh, whether it be Valley Roots or any business are meeting you curbside pickup, bring them a coffee, bring them, you know, some McGuire donuts or something, just show your support to them, you know, for taking the time or, or making the deliveries, making the rounds, you know, cause they're, they're doing this for you guys too. So Thank you everybody for tuning in today. Remember to please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember to keep supporting our local community babes. I'll be back next Monday, guys, and we'll see you next week. This week's podcast episode is sponsored by the City of Pembroke. Check out their partnered service concierge workshops taking place all throughout the month of March. Check them out at www.pembroke.ca forward slash economic development forward slash service concierge. And Amanda Talker Media. She will help your business grow through strategic branding, photography, and social media marketing. 
Check her out at amandatalker.media.